Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Uncommon Knowledge. I'm Jennifer, and this episode I'm going to begin a four-part series on one of my favorite books. If you know anything about me, you know that I read eight to ten books a month. I'm a voracious reader. I read both for pleasure and for professional and personal development. This book is one that I found probably, it's probably 10 years ago now. It's one of the very few that I would say had life-changing impact on me. One of the things I love about it is that in addition to the way that it changed my life in reading it, it was very simple. It's only, it's only like maybe 100 pages, very simple concepts, and very easy to apply when you break it down. So if you haven't read it, hopefully my four-part series will not discourage you from reading. You'll go and actually read it yourself because there's a whole lot more that the author delves into it specifically that that you could take have takeaways that I don't have time to cover (laughs) even in four episodes. The book is The Four Agreements. The author is Don Miguel Ruiz. When you start reading it, I'm going to lay out some some basics for you to understand. Agreements, you all know this word. Agreements are things that we all take on in life, the majority of which you do so without actually recognizing, knowing that you are agreeing to something. Most of us have agreements that come from or stem from our childhood, our upbringing, those background pieces, and those relationships we've had. Some of them we, we take on knowingly in our own. But, um, and some of them are things that you recognize, like, you know, if you make an agreement to go to uh, somebody's birthday party, you, you've made an agreement. There's not something, you know, tactical like that. You said yes to go doing this event with somebody, or you said yes to doing that. You've made an agreement. But most of us have these agreements that happen in our lives that we don't even really realize we've done them. For me, if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, uh, particularly the one I think a different Cinderella story, I talk about the realization that I actually, I mean, I have tattoos. I love my tattoos. I will get more before I'm dead. But I have tattoos, but I grew up in a household where that was not an acceptable thing for people to do. Um, my parents, my mom in particular, some very strong beliefs about tattoos, doesn't like them, and was really beside herself when both of her children ended up having them. So I grew up in a home feeling like I had to make this agreement, this decision, this belief, if you want to hold it that way, say the disconnect for me always happened because I felt like I needed to externally say that. That's what I needed to externally put out for the world. But internally, I didn't agree with that. As a matter of fact, quite the opposite. Internally, I had a serious fascination with tattoos. I always have, always will be very drawn to when I see people with tattoos, I want to know their story. I want to see them all. I'm going to look at them. I want to like, give me all the details behind it. I love it. It's beautiful to me. For me in reading this book was really interesting for me to say, wow, that's, that's an agreement I made growing up in that household, but never intended to make because it's not in line with who I really am. And this book taught me how to say, to those agreements that were not in line with who I was, I can say no to them and say they're fine for you, but they're not okay for me. They're not what I want for my life. 
So what I'm going to talk about today, now that you understand kind of those agreements are things that we commit to either knowingly or unknowingly that define us in a way. In the book, the author talks about the fact that there are really only four that you need to live out in your life. And if you live out these four things, you're doing pretty darn well. You can wrestle with other ones to struggle with, but if you get these four, so much in life becomes easier. And it sounds crazy because in doing them, if you've been doing, if you've been living ones that are different to this, transitioning to this may be hard, but it's easy to apply. It's just about the breaking the habit of doing them. Some of them I struggle with more than others. This one that we're going to, I'm going to talk about today is not one that I struggle with really at all. <laughs> Matter of fact, this one is probably the easiest for me to apply because I'm pretty sure I am hardwired for this one. This one is be impeccable with your word. And for me, this is that adage of I'm, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. I can't imagine, I honestly cannot imagine ever, ever giving somebody false hope. Because I, I literally, if mean what I say and say what I mean, I don't lie about things to people to either avoid hurting their feelings or avoid a confrontation or just because I want them to like me. For me, there's nothing worse than giving somebody false hope. The thing that it makes me think of, actually, when I when I think about this particular agreement, is the Dumb and Dumber movie, where Jim Carrey's character has that whole piece where he has that scene with that girl where he's like asking her out, or you know, and she kind of leaves the door, she kind of shuts him down, but kind of leaves the door open, and he says, "So you're saying there's a chance." For me, that's false hope. And hey, I have a really hard time with that. I would much rather um, tell somebody just straight off that, that something's not going to happen or, or not allow them that little crack in the door to say that, that if there really is not. If you listen, like I said, to any of my other ones, you heard the um, bad news conversation. I do the same thing with my candidates when I have to give somebody rejection. If there's not the potential for an opportunity down the road, then I don't even go there. I, I want... I, want to make sure I'm very protective of that. I don't give somebody false hope. And I have a very, very difficult time wrapping my brain around how people can do that. And so if this is one of the ones that's going to be hard for you, I would really, really challenge you to look at what is at the center of why you do that behavior. If you cannot be impeccable with your word, really going to dig into why, because People, I don't think, understand how very powerful your words can be. I think as parents, we're tempted to teach our children, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words cannot hurt me. Because we want our children to learn to rise above what others say about them. But I think that's the wrong way to do it because words hurt. Words damage, words destroy. And one of the hardest things about words is that once they are said, you cannot take them back. You can apologize for the impact of your words, but you can't undo it. You can't take it back. You can't make it as if it didn't happen. So I think we really undervalue the power of words. And when we're being impeccable with our words, 
We're speaking with integrity. We're saying to people that they're valuable because if I put value in what I express to you and what you take away from that and what that communication is, then I'm saying you yourself are valuable. When I say things and people know that they're true, because if they know me to be a person who says only what I mean, then I'm building trust with that person. I am showing them that I am somebody that can be trusted. I'm building my integrity. Part of that also, and being impeccable with your word, means not only things like don't gossip about others, right? Don't use words to be hurtful to others. Um, particularly, it is, and gossip is really bad because you're doing it behind somebody's back and it's, do, and it's being done to undermine them. To me, gossip's one of those things that um, I feel like <laughs> I'd rather you just walk up and stab me than to stab me in the back. I at least see it coming if you come at me from the front. Um, and that's something I mean I live by. If I'm going to metaphorically stab somebody, it's coming in the front, man. You're going to see it coming. <laughs> um, because I'm, I'm just not, for me, that kind of behind the back kind of thing is, is I don't know, just vile. I just can't stand it. The other way that I think people don't realize how impactful words can be, when you're being impeccable with your word, you are not using your words to speak against others, but you're also not really not using the word to speak against yourself. We are often our harshest critics. I know I am. I am my harshest critic. And this is the one where I have the struggle part. So we're applying this in the world, out in the world, I am really keen on, like I said, meaning what I say and saying what I mean. This is the part of it that I struggle with is applying this to myself. I have been guilty in most of my life and my past of using my own words to hurt me, to speak out against me, not using them in a way that is building me up, not realizing how extremely impactful that tape that plays in my head, those words that I say to myself, that grace that I don't extend to myself. I have been guilty of not being kind to myself and not being impeccable with my word to myself. And that is huge disservice that I've done over the years. And I work very hard and have for the last 10 years to redefine how I talk to myself and be mindful of that. It is absolutely a requirement of mine to be impeccable with my word out into everybody outside of me. And I have invested in the last 10 years on working hard to be impeccable with my words, talking to myself. Because as I said, words are extremely, extremely powerful. And when you use your words, coming from a place of truth and love and looking to edify people, it is like a hundredfold of whatever your intent to help them is, it's, it's realized in a hundredfold. Because the words that we use, even if we're having to give a critique, even if we're having to tell somebody something they don't want to hear, when we choose to use our words in an impeccable way, in a truthful way, coming from a place of love and, and wanting to drive that conversation or that person into, in a way that is reflected in love 
and I don't just mean relationship kind of love, but genuine care and concern for another human being, whether you know them or not, but speaking in truth and love to everyone, ourselves included, is the way that you see incredible changes in people, that you see life being poured into people. When you choose to use your words in hurtful, hateful, angry, destructive ways, and even when you choose to use your words in a self-protective way. Now, be careful here. I want to be mindful of the fact that I'm not talking about when I use words that define boundaries for myself, like when I communicate that a person treating me a certain way is not acceptable. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when I avoid telling somebody a truth because I don't want to hurt them. But I'm really being a selfish. If you really want to get down to it, I'm being selfish because I don't want to go through the uckiness of having to tell somebody the truth. I'd rather just, you know, spare them, right? We, we use that and I put it in quotes because you're not sparing them anything. If you're going to break up with somebody or you have somebody in your life, like I have a man that I know in my life who is a wonderfully sweet and very kind man who's funny. I enjoy his company. We get along great as friends. He is probably my parents' age. And from the very beginning that I met him, I knew he was interested in me. And I knew from the very beginning that I had no interest in him. When he found out I was single recently, rather than let him think that there was a chance, when he asked me out, I was kind but truthful. I communicated to him out of love and honesty that I enjoyed our time together, I enjoyed our friendship, but that I was not interested in going out with him. And I communicated to him that I couldn't even say yes to going out on any kind of date because I didn't want him to have the wrong idea because I just can't do that. I cannot give somebody false hope. And so if I had chosen in that moment to either not be honest with him, just kind of play it off, delay it, or God forbid, give him some kind of false hope, when I know for a fact that it's not going to go anywhere, I would have been being selfish and I would not have been acting out of love. And I think people sometimes think they get the, the wrong idea about what acting out of love is. Acting out of love does not mean that you're always doing things that don't hurt people. Acting out of love doesn't mean that you are always doing things that people like. <laughs> sometimes... Acting out of love means being honest about things. And this is one of those things. Being impeccable with your words, speaking life into people is, a, is one of the best ways that you can actually show love for your fellow person. Like I said, not just in romantic relationships. So like I said, this is one that I struggle with in the application for the, in the internal piece. It's a balance between being truthful to myself and calling myself out on the things that are truths that I need to hear, right? There's things if I'm not doing something well or if, if I'm, you know, not, if I'm not actually motivated by, you know, my best intentions or things like this. It's, it's being honest with myself um, about what my motivations are or any of those things. If I'm, if I'm not doing those things, then I'm not loving myself and I'm not being impeccable with my words. And if you are struggling with this, either the internal piece or the external communication, I would really challenge you to kind of dig into why. I think this one is 
foundational and should be foundational for everyone, but look at simple ways communicating. Stop and think before every interaction you have, every communication you give. Like, you don't have to overdo it. Like, you go through the drive-thru. Like, I'm not, please don't obsess about, you know, I'm pulling from the drive-thru line. I'm like, I need to speak truth and in an integrity kind of way into this drive-thru person. No, man. Don't be rude to the drive-thru person. I mean, because, well, one, they're human and they work this job and, and you should be grateful for them. <laughs> but <laughs> two, also remember that they're making your food. So be kind to people because, you know, I would hate to get a spit burger. If you've seen Super Troopers, you know that stuff happens. But back to the point, when you're interacting with people, when you're talking with them, especially if you are a manager over people and you're looking at, at other people that work underneath you or other managers that you work with, speaking with in integrity is fundamental. And if you're doing that, kudos to you. But if you're not, like I said, look at, at what it is that might be holding you back. That would be the big challenge is trying to figure out what is holding you back from doing it. But in your personal lives, look at how you're doing it. When you're talking with your children, when you're talking with your spouse or significant other, when you're talking with your family members, with your friends, um, with, with anybody as you, as you meet and you start to dig into that, make sure that you are speaking life into them and that you're doing it through the means of using your words with integrity, with truth and love that you're building up. So that's what I have for this episode. As always... Love to hear from people. I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. Until then, be well.